This is the World Industrial News for Thursday, August 25th, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part eight of their podcast, How to Leverage the U.S. Infrastructure Bill to Modernize the U.S. Power Grid. Technology is going to influence what we can do throughout throughout. I can give a few examples. Uh, one of the issues is that we must make the power that's being generated from renewable resources, we must make it more dispatchable. Because if you simply have a group of windmills popping up and down like a jackrabbit, that doesn't really help the grid. That hurts the grid. Because sometimes, even in times of power shortage, you end up with too much power. And you have to be able to do something with that power because again, all of this goes at the speed of light. Electricity communicates back and forth between everybody at the speed of light. So one of the ways we see technology being used is we look at these uh, batteries and the cost of batteries, which are dropping very, very rapidly. And they then can be paired with something like a solar farm to in the aggregate, they look like something dispatchable. On the smaller consumer ones, specifically, there's provisions for aggregation within the smart grid. And what that means is that these things work and they're more valuable if they can be dispatched by an operator to actually keep the grid balanced. The other thing, and probably the hardest thing technically to do is what's called stability, voltage and frequency stability. What happens in in power, if you're trying to transmit power down a line and you don't have sufficient power, then what happens is the frequency starts to lag. And that's the way the grid is saying, send me more, send me more. And so the, the frequency becomes a very important parameter within the grid. Well, sometimes the newer technology, for example, large DC grids or large DC assets like solar farms or wind farms may drop offline and that would have a tremendously different effect than a rotating equipment with its all inertia. And so the measurements and the sensors that are managing the frequency and voltage stability of the grid are much higher speed. 120 times a second type of speed, so they can manage that. And finally, what I, what I have to say is, and I keep talking of the communication between the parts of the grid, this requires scale. And the scale of this job is a function of physics. And so if you say my scale is, say, within a state or within a distribution network, then that simply doesn't work because physics is saying the sun is shining very hard on this part of the country. We have floods on this part of the country. And physics says we have to be able to distribute power in proportion to where it's needed in the different parts. Technology will affect all those. It will affect it in what they call IoT, which is sort of shorthand for saying we're going to measure a lot more than we used to measure. We're going to measure things in the household. We're going to measure them in transmission. We're going to measure them in generation. It's going to influence 
in the technology and being able to predict ahead, look and have algorithms and systems that say, we need so much power tomorrow based on this weather pattern and based on what we know about the changes that are coming. To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Crude oil prices are recovering lost ground this week after OPEC suggested it could cut production, begging the question if the market is pivoting or just in the grips of heightened volatility. A handful of major investment firms recently lowered their forecasts for the price of crude oil, citing the looming fears of recession in the world's leading economies. U.S. gross domestic product was negative over two straight quarters, the technical definition of a recession. In the Eurozone, the Purchasing Managers Index, a gauge of the health of the manufacturing and services sectors, turned negative for the second straight month in August. China, meanwhile, is seeing drought impact its economy, while its strict zero-tolerance stance on COVID-19 continues to stifle growth. At the start of 2022, U.S. biofuel plant production capacity totaled 21 billion gallons per year, more than 80 percent of which was for fuel ethanol, according to the U.S. Energy Information Administration. Just three states, Iowa, Nebraska, and Illinois, account for half of the total U.S. ethanol production. With nine of the other states in the Midwest and Great Lakes region, they account for 12 of the top 13 ethanol producers states nationwide. Industrial Info is tracking about $3.6 billion worth of active ethanol-related projects across the Midwest and Great Lakes regions, nearly half of which are found in Iowa. A single company accounts for nearly 20 percent of the total investments and nearly 40 percent of the total investments within Iowa. And inflation is hiking energy prices across Europe, which benefits project operators selling electricity on the open market. But it does not benefit those whose projects are tied to contracts awarded in government tenders. Case in point, France's most recent onshore wind tender saw projects allocated at an average price that was well below that seen in Europe's wholesale electricity market in recent months. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck reporting for Industrial Info News.